the fourth quarter is officially behind us. So today we are going to go behind the scenes to get an analysis on what we're going to look for for upcoming earnings results and what guidance might look like for further quarters. How did we do and do we need to pivot? We're going to break it all down for you right now on UBS Trending. Hi, everybody, and welcome to UBS Trending. I am Anthony Pastore, and I'm thrilled to be here in the studio with my friend and colleague, Matt Torrey, from the Chief Investment Office. Uh, fourth quarter earnings are going to be released over the next couple of weeks, so Matt's going to share with us a little bit about what we can expect. So, Matt, that's a good place to start, I think. When we're looking at our expectations here from the Chief Investment Office for the fourth quarter, what are we expecting, and what have you seen so far? Yeah, so getting straight to the point, Anthony, we are expecting S&P 500 earnings to grow by about 4 to 5% from the prior year. Now, this does represent a slowdown from the third quarter, but we are going to have a few non-recurring items weighing on growth this quarter. For example, in healthcare, a few of the pharmaceutical companies are going to be negatively impacted by lackluster uptake of the COVID-19 vaccines and therapeutics, and one of these pharma companies is also going to deal with a one-time acquisition-related cost. Uh, in financials, a number of the banks are being hit by an FDIC special assessment charge as it relates to the regional banking crisis last year. And in the auto industry, the labor strikes are going to have a negative impact as well. So if we take into account the true recurring aspects of earnings in the fourth quarter, alongside economic data that continues to show solid trends for inflation, consumer spending, um, and um, and signs that the labor market continues to remain quite tight, um, then we should actually get a pretty fine fourth quarter earnings season. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned a bunch of stuff there that is really important for our audience to, to be aware of. Um, but I want to just ask you, what about the Magnificent Seven, those tech stocks that really performed so incredibly strongly in 2023? What's the expectation for those guys this year? Right. So as we saw in 2023, the Magnificent Seven provided a big boost for S&P 500 earnings. And once again, here in the fourth quarter, we are expecting an outsized impact on the results. So as a group, these stocks are projected to see their earnings grow by about 50%, while the rest of the S&P 500 could actually see negative growth. But by the time we get to the end of the year, we could actually see the rest of the S&P 500 outgrowing the Magnificent Seven. But if not, then at the very least, the differential between their growth rates will narrow by quite a bit. Yeah, that was kind of the big story of 2023, how tech really just rose so quickly and so strongly versus every other stock within the S&P 500. So it's, it's, it's amazing to see that, that they're still potential room for growth there. And you did say 4 to 5% earnings growth um, in the fourth quarter, which is pretty strong. So given, given that outlook, when you look at the next, say, 6 to 12 months, and let's be, let's be true, we've got, you know, inflation is still, you know, kind of a concern, but it's coming down, and we're expecting a soft landing for the, from the Fed now, where they're going to maybe pause for a while before they start lowering rates. What's the CIO's expectation for the next 6 to 12 months for stocks? given what we know. Yeah, so we think this is going to be driven by an improvement in the earnings outlook for this year, which does sound counterintuitive, but let me explain. Sure. So one key difference between GDP and S&P 500 earnings is that S&P 500 earnings are geared more towards the goods activity, which we do expect to see a recovery in this year. Uh, right, so think about it, Anthony. During the pandemic, me, you, everyone else, there was only so much we could do outside of our households, so we were buying things like TVs, refrigerators, washers, and dryers. 
But then as the economy reopened, we started going back out on our trips again and going to concerts and sporting events. Now, we think that we're at a point where the good segment of the economy um, can see a pickup again, which should lead to less of a headwind on earnings growth going forward. So an improving earnings picture, um, a continuation of solid economic data points, and a Fed that's going to be potentially cutting in the next few months does give us some conviction that we should see some modest upside for stocks from here. That's good to hear. And, and as guidance also, maybe a bit of a bit of a mixed picture, but not disappointing across the board is what I'm understanding from CIO's thoughts here. Yeah, so the fourth quarter earnings season is off to a solid start. And this, like you said, Anthony, the guidance is one area that we've been particularly encouraged by. So for the companies that have reported so far, their first quarter in full year 2024 earnings per share estimates are actually relatively unchanged, which does buck the trend where we usually see companies guide analysts to lower their estimates. Terrific. Thank you, Matt. As we're wrapping up, just what's the, what's the advice for investors out there, particularly investors within equities? What are you recommending that they do here, given what we know? Right. So across sectors, we do continue to recommend investors have some balance between their cyclical and defensive exposures. So we have most preferred views on the tech, energy, and consumer staple sectors, and least preferred views on real estate and utilities. Now, within size, we think that our tactical preference for small caps right now is a very interesting opportunity for a few key reasons. Uh, first, valuations relative to large caps remain very attractive in our view. And they even remain below levels that we saw during the regional banking crisis last year. Uh, second, if the Fed is potentially pivoting in the next few months to rate cuts, then we should see an improvement in key economic indicators that typically correspond with small cap outperformance. And finally, about half of Russell 2000 debt is floating rate debt, offering these companies a clear benefit from potential Fed rate cuts. Terrific. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have to be cognizant that there could be some volatility, especially after really strong performance, especially in the last two, two three months of 2023. But still, there's opportunity out there. Thanks, Matt. Good to see you always. Good to see you, too. Great. Thanks, sir. And for more information from Matt and the rest of the Chief Investment Office, please visit our Insights website at UBS.com forward slash views. Plus, you can follow UBS on social media. We're on all the major channels. Plus, check out our dedicated Instagram channel at UBS Trending for content here out of the studio that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, if you have any questions about anything we spoke about today, make sure you're talking with your financial advisor. Until next time, I'm Anthony Pastore. We hope you have a great day, everybody. And remember to keep your eyes on what's trending. We'll see you soon.